0: Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Nally D. Today we're talking...
1: Flying stuff.
0: Kind of stuff. Stuff that flies. Now that's what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) Think about it. Oh, look in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a bug, maybe. It's a balloon. It's something like that. It's a kite.
0: That's all stuff that
1: flies, baby. You
0: just... (laughs) You named three things that... When you said flying things, you named three things that didn't come to mind. Bugs, if you said stuff that flies, I would have been like a helicopter, a normal plane, small John Denver plane, like a big boy fighter plane when they scream two at a time.
1: Like that?
0: Yeah, that's...
1: We're right under the flight path. That's what exactly what they sound like.
0: I mean, I... No, I looked. <laughs> you were here. I looked up when you did that. I thought... <laughs> We're just going to have to stop recording for a second. We'll edit out the planes later. Ah! Now, people actually flying in the air is pretty recent. Yeah, kind of. I guess actually everything is pretty recent. Mm -hmm. Everything that we deal with is pretty recent. (laughs) That's why it's always a shock when you drill down and they're like, oh yeah, this rock, a few million years old, that's incredibly ancient. Mm-hmm. How long has everybody you know been around? Zero to one hundred years.
1: How old is like a rock in your yard? Like if I just went out and picked like a random rock, like even like a landscaping rock. How is that rock? Like one of those black rocks we got in the yard, or like a river rock. How old well, is that rock?
0: Well, so we have some black rocks in the yard that are kind of igneous rocks. I think they're volcanic, or they're at least made of like molten minerals, mm-hmm. right? I would guess that those might be newer, although I don't know. Now, limestone around here is sedimentary.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, and they got trilobites and shit in it. So it's about as old as a trilobite.
0: Limestone could be, you know, 100 million years old. Probably older, right? It's as old as
1: whatever this fossil is in it, because when the fossil got stuck in it, it was still mushy.
0: Yeah, so it could be very old. As far as rocks in the yard, I mean, I'm sure you could find out, but you'd need, like, a laser and a scientist.
1: Right. Earth... Gun, I'm married to an unemployed chemist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, we're zero percent of the way to finding out how old this rock is. <laughs> when it comes to flying things, rocks are not except temporarily.
1: Oh, yeah, that they can fly though. Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: a rock is just a temporarily embarrassed airplane,
1: right? <laughs> are we all a temporarily embarrassed airplane? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they called mean when I was in prison.
0: (laughs) So what is, Natalie, what is flying? Flying. Does Mm -hmm. Does a kite count as flying? Yeah.
1: Flying is the process by which an object moves through an atmosphere or beyond an atmosphere without contact with the surface. And you would do it by generating aerodynamic lift with propulsive thrust. Or aerostatically, using buoyancy, or by ballistic movement.
0: So you could operate a kite or a glider. Mm -hmm. Or you could throw a rock. Well, I think the implication of flying is that you can sustain it.
1: It is just a trip from point A to point B.
0: So a rock is theoretically flying.
1: If you shoot a bullet... It is the same thing as throwing a rock. So if a a bullet is flying through the air, then so is a rock.
0: A rock is simply a very inefficient bullet.
1: (laughs) It's doing what it can with what you gave it.
0: (laughs) That could be. You know, they keep having these commercials. They'll have the beef, it's what's for dinner. Mm -hmm. And then they did the marketing campaign for baby carrots. And the marketing campaign was like, baby carrots, eat them like they're snacks. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then they say milk and they say got milk. I think we could do a marketing campaign for rocks. Mm -hmm. Rocks. They're doing what they can. (laughs) You know, it hasn't been around for quite some time, but for about 20 years after the got milk ad campaign, it started in probably, I think, 1994. For about 20 years after that campaign... There was just an onslaught of items that would say, got blank, and they would just put anything in blank. Got information security.
1: (laughs) Got graphic design.
0: Got archery nursing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Stuff that can fly. Natural aviators, which are things like bats and birds and bugs. And then there are human inventions that would fly because we invented it to fly. And so that would be like an airplane, or a helicopter, or a balloon, or a kite, or a frisbee, or a rocket.
0: Or an aerobie. Do you remember those? They were discs. They were like frisbees, but they were orange, and they were like donut shaped. And you could whip them, but they would go like a football field.
1: Oh, yeah. Why would you want that? That's Uh, like having your frisbee go too far to have it be fun to play frisbee.
0: Well, I mean... I haven't owned one since I got online. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Like, you could throw it further and then you'd burn more time, like, going and trying to find it.
1: Yeah. You know what my thing is, is that, like, I'm, like, not, like, a particularly playful person. Like, I don't ever think that doing stuff like that is fun.
0: I think it's fun for a finite number of minutes.
1: It's it's fun for, like, barely fun. Playing cornhole is about as much as I can deal with.
0: I think any time where it's like somebody gets a bunch of rackets and balls out or something, like you play it, you hit it back and forth, and you feel the weight of it in your hand, you kind of get the get the feedback from your muscles and your visual cortex and stuff, and you get to kind of hit the ball, and then you do a few rounds of like you'll hit it as far as you can, and then you'll like, you start finding the edge cases. Mm-hmm. Like, you hit it as hard as you can. You try hitting it with the side of the racket. And then you try hitting a racket with another racket. And then you see if you can balance the racket on the other racket. And then it just it just all falls apart. It turns into not hitting the ball very quickly. Right, right. At least for me, I just don't have the attention span. Like, I could be reading right now.
1: It's just a combination of it being, like, boring and also being, like, action. Like, oh, hurry up! Like, action boring is, like, not my thing.
0: There's nothing to it except you definitely have to be there at a certain time. <laughs> a, tennis, a tennis match is, like, a rapid series of urgent meetings.
1: Right, right. Run, hurry up, hurry up. Just decide where you're going to fucking put the ball and put it there. Jesus Christ. I feel like we're wasting time here just passing it back and forth. Why?
0: I never feel like I'm flushing my life down the toilet when I'm, like, reading something.
1: Like, going on a walk, you, like, look around, see what's going on. Like, it's, it's like, I'm not saying that getting exercise is bad. I'm just saying that, like, sports suck.
0: <laughs> I have landlubber bias on being on the ground mm-hmm. and experiencing the ground level of the world.
1: Right. I I love it. I don't even want to go up a mountain, really.
0: Oh, don't get me wrong. I'll walk up hills, but I'm still attached to that terra firma.
1: Right. <laughs> I like it down here on, a, on the glacial till plain, Flat as bitches all the way, as far as you can see.
0: Can't beat it. No air, no water. All my homies live on land.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there are three types of of flight. There is buoyant flight. And that is when you use buoyancy to give an aircraft the same overall density as air. That would be like a balloon or an airship or a hot air balloon or something like that.
0: Uh, Like a blimp or a dirigible? Yeah, yeah. So you use it to give it the same density as air. I've never thought about that before. So a hot air balloon is... You make the air so hot that the hot air plus the balloon is the same as normal air. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, the balloon and the wicker basket you're helplessly trapped in are simply the same as very cold air.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Another kind of uh, flight. Aerodynamic flight.
0: That's the stuff that everybody loves
1: that is stuff with wings. So that would be your airplanes and your mechanical flying things and your helicopters and your gliders, but it also is birds and insects and stuff like that.
0: Okay, so airplane, helicopter. What mechanical flying thing is there that's not airplane or helicopter?
1: Uh glider, uh autogyro, uh ornithopter, uh <laughs> spacecraft?
0: Uh. <laughs> okay, tell me about the third kind of flight because I have questions.
1: <laughs> the third kind is ballistic flight. And that's when you shoot it off in some direction, like a ball or a bullet or fireworks.
0: The guy that strapped himself to a rocket and shot his shot his ass up and then he fell back to earth mm-hmm. with predictable results. RIP. <laughs> what is an autogyro?
1: It's like a weird helicopter.
0: Okay, so it looks similar to a helicopter, but it has a fixed tail. A a typical helicopter has a main rotor on top with two large blades, Mm -hmm. which the autogyro also has. But a helicopter has a rotor, a smaller rotor on the tail. In this, the autogyro has a rotor on the back. The tail is on an arm that comes out past the rear rotor like a rudder mm-hmm. in the back so the mechanism of the propeller pushing against the rudder seems more like a boat mm-hmm. and this one doesn't have a roof it seems very amateur huh well, this
1: one has a it has like a it seems like a low flying thing like you would go on with your buddies like if you were like out somewhere
0: it seems like you would use them to go to a little island. Mm-hmm. If you were like on a little coast, you could fly over to a little island at like 50 feet up and just land real quick. Mm-hmm. That's what I would use that for. I wouldn't go any long distances, I don't think.
1: So that's an autogyro. Like that it's just
0: I didn't even rich know shit. But I didn't know that existed. I thought it was pretty much airplane helicopter. The end. And some people do ultralight helicopters, which is like riding a bicycle through the air. That's a no thanks. Yeah. People do paragliding or hang gliding.
1: Yeah. It's gliders. Yeah.
0: That seems nightmarish.
1: I would never do that.
0: Uh, That's
1: like on a list of things I would absolutely never do. Bungee jumping. I would absolutely never do that.
0: A guy I know online is out in California and he will post pictures of going uh, hang gliding. And they're beautiful pictures. No, it's paragliding. Hang gliding has that large fixed wing. Paragliding is like the grand theft auto chute, like a rectangular chute that's bent into like an arc. And then you can pull the different sides to like move back and forth. Right. Mm. I've always seen him and he'll post these beautiful like high res pictures from up in the air. And I've thought, God, that is so beautiful. But I could never do that myself. And I told him once, I was like, man, that looks really nice. I don't think I could ever do anything like that. He's like, you could. You should come out and do this sometime. Uh, hear me get my
1: spare $2,000 and just hop on over.
0: Uh, one day he was like, oh, you know, the wind's blowing. seems pretty bad out. And I was like, you need to be careful. And then he posted like an hour later, he posted a news article and it was like, Paraglider seriously injured. <laughs> and it was like one of his crew, you are up in the air.
1: Yeah, you are. And like the thing is with gliders is that they're not airplanes which means that like i how do you how do you steer it you have no control over it aside from like gliding on it
0: see you do have the parachute slows your descent and then i guess if you know the principles of like the fluid dynamics of the air in the place where you're gliding around, you can catch updrafts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would imagine there's a way that you can get pushed back back up and remain aloft. But at the same time, you're just controlling your fall. You know, in an airplane, you have recovery options.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. If all you're doing is controlling your fall. What happens if you lose control of your fall? Well, and you have nothing, to, nothing to save your ass with.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, and that's the thing. If you're in an airplane, your last resort is grab the parachute. But if you are, if you start in the parachute, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You could also never convince me to do is uh, skydiving. Also, no, never no. Do
0: that. that's an mm-hmm. un. That's a barely controlled fall. That's less controlled than paragliding. Yeah. Or hang gliding, or aero
1: aero
0: gyrating, aero gyrating, <laughs> aero gyrating is like what I do after. <laughs> That's like what I do after I turn the shower off, but before I grab the towel.
1: <laughs> you wiggle all your hair and you get your water off.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I always, what I always like to do is, I will drape the a towel on the side of the tub, and then I'll beat my hair into it.
0: I can't believe that this whole time our family has been drying off using your beat-off towel.
1: <laughs> I'll stand there at the end of the tub-, tub and I'll like swing my head down and like bang my hair onto the towel on the side of the tub because it kind of gets gets the water out of it a little bit.
0: I understand your motive, but just <laughs> thinking about it makes you seem truly deranged. <laughs> Standing up from head height and then <laughs> dropping your body down yeah. into the tub.
1: I always think about how one day I'm gonna bang my face on the side of the tub, and that's gonna be the end of me. Because <laughs> I'm just gonna smash my head on the side of the tub as hard as humanly possible. <laughs> just like all my powers, like slam it.
0: Do you think you might just kind of do? I'll tell you what I do, which is another possibility, which is I'll just kind of run my hands through and kind of <laughs> try to squeeze the water out a little before I put the towel on it. I'm not putting you on trial or anything here. I'm I am just, just need
1: a little danger in my life. That's literally the only danger I have going on right now.
0: I mean, I think the most dangerous thing we normally do is drive a motor vehicle, and we just don't really do that. So
1: Yeah, ever since we started doing the pandemic instead of having fun
0: driving. Now, there's a heavier-than-air transportation method I can get behind.
1: (laughs) It's the opposite of flying.
0: (laughs) Everybody knows the Wright brothers. Yeah. Ohio claims them because they were from Dayton and operated a bicycle shop here, which is unrelated to flying, yet Ohio claims to be the birthplace of aviation. That's fine. The Wright brothers pushed off from, what, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina Mm -hmm. in the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. But... I'm sure there were people flying before that.
1: The first flying that people ever did was this activity called tower jumping, where they would make themselves some fake wings and then climb to the top of a tower, and then jump off and try to coast.
0: Did it work? S-
1: not always. Sometimes people got fucking seriously injured. But sometimes people would coast a little bit and get seriously injured.
0: Was anybody successful?
1: I mean... Because su- I've,
0: seen, I've seen a video where a guy had little wings he made that were probably about five or six square feet worth of wings, mm-hmm. and he jumped off the Eiffel Tower, and he just goes straight down.
1: Most people who did it would get extremely injured or be dead. There was one guy in the first century. He was recruited by the Chinese emperor in the first century to do a tower jump. Allegedly, he glided about 100 meters. And then again in 559, someone also managed to do a tower jump without completely creaming themselves, but they were also in China.
0: So the first century is between 0 and 100. So for the first 600 years of the Common Era, there were two people who successfully did it.
1: Those are the ones that got written about. Okay. There was a guy in Spain who... Did a tower jump in the 800s. He was slightly successful. He was lightly injured. And he... (laughs) (laughs) He thought it didn't work because he didn't have a tail. And then again in the 12th century, a monk did a tower jump and coasted for a short distance. Broke both of his legs and also said that it was probably because he didn't have a tail.
0: I would have put a tail on after the first guy. The first guy made it out alive and said... I probably needed a tail, then I wouldn't have gotten injured. And then somebody's like, I'll do it without a tail. (laughs) What did they use for their wings?
1: They would just, like, build them out of whatever they wanted. And they would build, and they would put, like, feathers on them because they thought that the feathers were the thing. Okay. Like, they would use vulture feathers, and they would use, like, fabric or wooden armatures or whatever the fuck they wanted, right? And then... See if it works, baby. Usually it usually doesn't. See, that's one thing about people is that they will see you doing something stupid. And they will see you get injured doing it. And then they're going to be like, I'll try it. Yeah. I need to jump off that tower with the weird bird wings that I built. I mean, I know I watched that guy, like, choke on his leg bones when they crushed <laughs> and got shot up through his whole entire body. But... <laughs>
0: I don't know, looks pretty cool, man.
1: (laughs) I think I might maybe all make it work.
0: It's sure to work for me, the protagonist of reality. (laughs) If I'm the main character. There's no way my story's gonna end here.
1: If it's a global <laughs> consciousness and we're all the main character, man. If it's a, you un, think if it's a universal consciousness and it's and we're all the fucking main characters, man.
0: Maybe that's why everybody thinks they're the main character.
1: Because it's true. Because
0: we all are. Think about it. I can't believe I'm the lady beating her hair off in the tub. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm surprised you never heard me beating my hair on the side of the tub.
0: I'm not a shower peeper.
1: <laughs> you're always out there riding your bike.
0: I had the fan blowing on me. I'm listening to some party techno or something. So,
1: what you're saying is, when I inevitably smash my head on the side of the tub, I, I will be like definitely dead by the time you find me.
0: Well, I assume it's going to be louder than when you very stealthily beat your hair off. <laughs>
1: But look at how good my hair is. I, touch it
0: I mean, it looks, yeah, it touches great.
1: <laughs> so, um, in the 5th century, we got this motherfucker named Mozi in China who fucking invented the motherfucking kite.
0: You made it sound great.
1: <laughs> I made it sound way cooler than it was. <laughs> What the fucking kite? Here comes a fucking
0: kite, bitch! <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah. In the 5th century BC in China, that's like something, and of course they would say it in the local language, but they, that's, that's.
1: That's what they said
0: though. That's what they said. If you're gonna test something that has so much potential energy, I just feel like the way to do it is to just start with not putting yourself in it.
1: Right, they started with not putting themselves in it.
0: The kite things, I think that's very smart. A kite seems basic. It's like a child's object. If you were to pick somebody and you were to say, okay, it's 1950s, name a child's object. They would say a wooden dog that you pull on a length of twine and a kite and a pencil and an apple.
1: (laughs) And a doll.
0: That's, and a doll, right, the most common five child's objects. That's what they would say, the kite would be in there. And we owe it all to the, you know, minus 500 year Chinese folks who said bitch and motherfucker to the kite.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so he built his kite out of a split bamboo framework and he stretched silk over it. And they were flat and shaped like rectangles.
0: Yeah, bamboo, very light, hollow, silk, very light, but could catch the wind. That's where they should have started, and you can see the idea of the kite being so light and being hollow. These are principles that work for Airplanes and helicopters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and balloons to some extent, right? So they discovered a fundamental truth and they're like, yeah, but what if I put vulture feathers on myself and jump off the Eiffel Tower?
1: (laughs) Right, but they also had the man carrying kites and they would use them for like military stuff, like to coast in, or they would use them to punish people, like strap you to a kite. Good luck, bitch.
0: (laughs) that is the perfect send-off people dressed in khakis are marching a condemned man down the hallway at 2 a.m and they put a khaki hood over his head and they strap him into the gurney and they get him all rigged up to kill him with chemicals and they take the hood off and he looks up and there's a priest there and there's like the warden And the priest places his hand on the man's forehead and says, in the name of our father, good luck, bitch.
1: (laughs) Good luck, bitch.
0: But I mean, you, but you said the man carrying kite was also used for like military <laughs> uses. So it was really a 50-50. I mean, that's probably either you will die or you won't. That's like a coin flip.
1: <laughs> right, right. They had man carrying kites also in Japan. Marco Polo, when he was doing his exploring stuff, he described how in China they would foretell how a ship was supposed to sail when it would leave. I checked the prevailing winds and stuff by strapping a guy to a kite and sending him up and seeing how it went. <laughs> and then that's how they would. I
0: don't know why they couldn't do that with just the kite. I, yeah, I exactly. I was, <laughs> you could put anything. You could strap a hundred pounds of rice onto a kite. Worst comes to worst, you're like, no, my rice.
1: Right, right. <laughs> Maybe they're just like building like like being efficient and they're just strapping the condemned guys onto the weather kites. Two for one.
0: Oh yeah. Best case scenario you find out what the weather is. Worst case scenario, well, we got rid of that guy. Right. <laughs> it's called hedging your bet.
1: They use kites now, still. I never really used a kite because I always assumed they, could, they didn't work.
0: So our kid got a kite as a present when she was three or four years old. And I was like, okay, cool. We'll go fly it. And you're like, are you? <laughs> and, like, and I was like, yes. <laughs> and... Uh, so one day, it was, like, October, November. It was very windy. I said, oh, we're gonna go, uh... We were gonna go to the park anyway. Let's grab the kite. And we didn't have anything, so I got, like, some old twine. Right? We didn't have a kite string. We got gifted a kite with no kite string. Uh, so we went to the park. We got the kite a couple hundred feet up. I took a picture of it, and I sent it to Natalie. I said, yeah, we flew the kite. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, we put... The kite, which is this this thin fabric stretched across a frame meant to like mm-hmm. aerodynamically, I, I don't know how to describe what a kite does, but it basically uses the force of the wind with, with the string as like some kind of counter force and it remains up in the air. And you control its direction. If the wind is blowing in a direction, you can kind of angle it or whatever and it catches the wind and the string holds it in place. Sure. I showed you the picture, uh-huh. and you were genuinely surprised. You were like, wow, I didn't think kites worked. <laughs> and it took me a very long time to pick apart that statement.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Why didn't you think I just
1: would- don't, I don't know. I just assumed they didn't work. Maybe it was because the first couple times I ever tried to fly kite, it didn't work. Okay. Like, combined with, like, the fact that they're, like, not, like, you never hear people being like, guys are cool.
0: So the funny thing is, this is before drones really came out. I got a camera, like a 720p camera that you would, you would put on a radio-controlled plane. That mm-hmm. was what it was being sold for at the time. And I used packing tape to secure it to this butterfly-shaped kite. And I managed to track down. It was very hard to find kite string. I Finally, I stopped at this educational toy store called like Brains for Tots or Mm -hmm. something and went in and got this $20 roll of kite strings. Everything's fucking overpriced there. And uh, we rolled it out and I took the kite up and I shot some video with it and I took some still pictures of like us super far away on the ground and pictures like aerial pictures of our neighborhood. And I took it home and you were like, son of a bitch. You were like, I really didn't think that was going to (laughs) work. Meanwhile, people in the year, like, negative 40 are in China, like, I don't know, put that guy up there. Yeah, do the kite. Bring him back down, see what he says.
1: (laughs) If you have to pull him back through the ocean, then you know that you probably shouldn't leave.
0: Oh, if you fall in the ocean, that's not even so bad. I didn't think about that. Here's my hierarchy. Land has got to be number one. Uh, the ocean is number two.
1: Well, I think that when you fall, when you fall in the ocean from a height, it's just like hitting land, only you drown after the, afterwards. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I jumped off about an eight foot diving board a few years ago, and I felt like somebody punched me in the chest. Mm-hmm. But the Olympics, they go in from thirty feet up, and the diving board doesn't even stretch; it's just like concrete.
1: You would have to make sure if in order to have to be able to jump from a height like that and have it not result in you like crushing yourself, you would have to be able to do like a a dive and nail it.
0: You'd have to do a perfect aerodynamic dive.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, you probably wouldn't die from falling from a from a from a diving board that tall. But if you if you jumped off a bridge, that's usually what gets you is crushing your bones when you hit the water.
0: Yeah, that's why that was the test question when we were kids. If your friend jumped off a bridge, would you?
1: It depends. Did he die? I,
0: I don't know. I, <laughs> I let I, him go
1: first, I go, decide.
0: <laughs> you know what I'd do? I'd watch, I'd go down, I'd meet him at the bank of the river or lake, and I'd get a trip report. hmm right. No trip report, no trip, baby.
1: <laughs> sure, I'll go second. I watch you do it first.
0: Let's all go around and jump off the bridge. I will go last.
1: (laughs) Right. If all you guys are like in the water, like, yeah, that was great. I want to go again. I'm like, okay, I'll jump. I'll jump also. But if like five of you jump and then two of you are screaming (laughs) on the banks of the river and crying and injured and the other three of you are floating face first, I'm not going to. (laughs) I'm going to stay up there. I'll call the ambulance
0: from up there. And this is <laughs> This is what I'm saying. Bridge counts as land. Land is the absolute best place to be. The ocean, number 2. Flying in the air, number 3. Distant fourth, no pun intended, outer space.
1: I don't want to go there. Don't.
0: Outer space Outer space is just the ultimate.
1: I don't want to go there.
0: So many things could go wrong. Like you want to talk about the condemned man flying on the kite they almost murked big bird right fuck space <laughs>
1: I don't ever want to go there. You know what I always think about now when I think about outer space and how I don't want to go there? I think about when I got that past life regression and the lady told me that sometimes people get regressions and the past life they remember is alien life.
0: They were an alien. Mm-hmm. Really?
1: Yeah. And I was like, I don't like that at all. If that, if that happened to me when I was on that table, I would have fucking lost my shit. You would have had to call my emergency contact. Mr. Andy, you need to come and... Uh... Get your wife. She's screaming in the lobby because she found out she used to be an alien.
0: <laughs> the little Bird told me that aliens use humans as containers because they don't have souls. So the collective consciousness is only us and not them. What are some other ways you could fly?
1: <laughs> Something they invented in four hundred BC was rotor wings, which is the thing where you have like the little strip of wood with the stick, and you spin your, you put it between your hands, and you rub your hands, and it spins, and it goes flat off.
0: Oh, like a puddle jumper.
1: Yeah. And then there's hot air balloons. And hot air balloons were... The first first thing that was like a hot air balloon was a thing they had in China called a sky lantern. Which is like a paper lantern that they would have over a candle or something. And it would heat the air inside of it. And it would fly up. Oh. And so they had those in the 3rd century BC. And that is where the idea for having hot air balloons came from.
0: That's pretty smart. I used to work at a factory where the guys, there was some kind of process they used. I think it used hydrogen peroxide, but there was some kind of process where they had hydrogen. They would generate hydrogen gas.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in the course of making whatever they were making at the factory. But sometimes on the night shift, what the guys would do is they would get a trash bag, one of those thin trash bags, and they would dispense the hydrogen gas into the trash bag and hold the bottom shut. And another guy would turn on a flashlight and put it in the bottom and then tape it up so Mm -hmm. it was sealed and they would let it go and they would let these glowing orbs go up into the sky. (laughs) They did this here and there for some time until somebody, some supervisor, found out that they were doing it and told them never to do that again.
1: Uh, He should have done it forever. It was... uh, The Cincinnati Flap of 2002.
0: (laughs) I I thought that was... That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely, that's like a modern Sky Lantern.
1: That's exactly what it is. Have
0: you ever been on a hot air balloon? Fuck no. I've been on an airplane, Mm -hmm. a regular airplane. Mm -hmm. A helicopter, it would have to be a very special occasion.
1: I would have to have got my leg cut off. And being flown to somewhere with, like, emergency, like, life-saving surgery or something. That's the only way you'd ever get me on a helicopter. I would have to be unconscious for you to get me on a helicopter.
0: I would have to be so injured that the experience of being on the helicopter would be... Secondary. Would be secondary to me worrying about dying very soon, Mm -hmm. yeah. It would be like, if something special... Happened like if I had an opportunity to, and it would be something extraordinary. Like I could go to Machu Picchu or something. Uh-huh. But like I could go to Machu Picchu, and we would go at a time where we could see the Greys like repairing it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I I would do that.
1: We fly we fly around Machu Picchu in a helicopter and watched all the Greys do the repairs. And one of the Greys looked at me. <laughs>
0: I used to know a guy who did hot air balloons, and he invited me out several times, and I really worked hard at constructing, like, the most cool way to say I was scared to do it. Mm -hmm. It's like the parachute problem. There's really no chance for recovery, and I really thought, if all we're doing is all we've got is hot air, our bubble between us and the cold, hard ground is just air that's hotter than air.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like, I am i don't think this is a very solid setup. What happens
1: if you get a little hole in it? What happens if a bird pokes it? You're fucking dead. That's what happens. Well, there's a hole. Dead in a basket.
0: There's a hole at the top of the Mm -hmm. balloon, so it doesn't have to be airtight. But I also didn't like the fact that it's just a wicker basket.
1: Well, because if it was heavy, you wouldn't fly.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you have to trade off weight at that level where you have to be standing in a woven basket... Because if you have any, because if you have the weight of like a metal basket, it won't work at all.
1: Maybe that's yes, not no, for thanks. me. Not for me. There was a guy in 1633 in the Ottoman Empire who made a rocket and filled it with like a hundred pounds of gunpowder and shot himself into the water near Istanbul.
0: Oh, he went into the water. So uh-huh. that probably ended fine. Uh-huh.
1: And he survived and he swam back.
0: Oh, that probably was a long swim, though. Actually, I have no idea how far the rocket went.
1: <laughs> it just went. That's all we know. It was 140 pounds of gunpowder in 1633. So they started building hot air balloons, or they started thinking about hot air balloons um, in the 17th century. They were first suggested uh, in the 1600s when Cyrano de Bergerac wrote some books where he described having a vehicle that would ascend using some kind of substance that was lighter than air. And then you would descend by removing that substance, which is the idea of hot air balloons. You know, when I was doing research today, I learned that Cyrano de Bergerac was a real guy. I thought he was just a guy from the play called Cyrano de Bergerac.
0: I don't know a lot about him. Was he just a writer?
1: Yeah. He was just a guy, dude. He was just dude around in the 1600s, I guess.
0: Now we know an equal amount about Cyrano de Bergerac.
1: <laughs> oh, also, there was that guy in Animal Crossing who was named after him.
0: The anteater named uh-huh. Cyrano. Uh huh.
1: Right. Get it? Because the anteater has a big nose. There was a guy named Francesco Lana de Terzi who measured air pressure at sea level and proposed uh, the first scientifically credible lifting medium based on this. And so he suggested that you would get a hollow metal sphere and find a way to suck all of the air out of it. Oh. And then that would make the the displaced air would make it so then you can make the ball float, which obviously we know that that wouldn't work. But- that was just one of the steps on the way to getting a hot balloon, baby.
0: <laughs> but the reason it wouldn't work is because of the weight of the metal. Mm-hmm. If you had an incredibly thin metal that was rigid at a at a very small thickness, then that would theoretically work. Metal that would not deform under the pressure gradient, mm-hmm. and you made it very thin so that the weight of the metal plus the volume of the vacuum would would effectively be lighter than the surrounding air, then yeah. It's like the hot air, cold air theory of the hot air balloon.
1: (laughs) I wonder if that's how UFOs work. Maybe there are vacuums inside. In 1709, there was a Brazilian priest named Bartolomeu de Guzmao who made a small hot air balloon and lifted it about 13 feet in the air. And that was... The first hot air balloon, hot air balloon plate. That wasn't just like a theoretical thing. He showed it to the king and queen,
0: and they were like, wow. I So how did he make the air hot?
1: Burning fire underneath it.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, so it was just like a fire down on the just ground. Just like a regular that-
1: one, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in the 18th century, there were a pair of brothers um, named Montgolfier who were experimenting with parachutes and balloons, and they were using steam as the lifting gas and then started they were like well you know it's like steam steam's not working out that great maybe we should use smoke maybe smoke is more like it's also like steam but it's like denser than steam is so maybe it would work better and so they started using hot smoky air and did not understand like the principles but it worked because they were heating the air up
0: So they thought it was the smoke, but it was the lower density of the air.
1: Right. They thought that they were filling it up with billowing clouds of smoke and that was going to lift it up.
0: That seems like 18th century thinking, like, we shall make clouds because clouds float in the air.
1: It's like uh, when they they had to have an experiment to prove that flies were actually laying eggs and, and having baby flies and not something that just sprung fully formed from rotting meat. Old-timey people were dumb.
0: Not like us. We're smart.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I always think about that. Like, oh, think about how dumb we are. We'll never know.
0: People were walking around sticking their corpse hands inside of alive people being like, I don't know why all my alive patients keep dying. I'm supposed to be a doctor. (laughs) Just sticking their dirty hands like licking his finger and sticking it on someone's organ. We haven't evolved since then. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We have not had natural selection since that time, where the natural selection does not provide a pressure great enough to cause us to like change our form and become more intelligent.
1: Right, right.
0: So we're still the same dumbass. We just get like more vitamins and we have like more libraries available. So we all have this veneer of being a lot smarter. All it is is like so much of our communication is carried out abstractly that it's very easy to like covertly look something up before you respond to somebody.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The cheaty chat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I really don't think that there are like millions of Marxist scholars online. (laughs) Like if y'all think that, that you're getting away with like providing these, these Trotsky quotes, Like, off the top of the dome, like, I know it's not happening. No, you're
1: cheaty chatting baby. You're like, oh, what Chosky say about...
0: No, you're wicking it, dude. I just, I really do think this. I think that anything that goes beyond showing other people like your food you cooked and being like great dinner brother (laughs) i think like anything that goes beyond that and just like talking about stuff anything where you start to try to like provide an argument that you are somehow smart like that's where you just take it off the rails
1: right right
0: we just have more information so we have this veneer like the best post i saw today was a guy i know and uh he posted a video of an orangutan smoking a cigarette, but the orangutan was in a was in a zoo, and he said, "Let him blast a cig. He's already in prison."
1: <laughs> so the Montgolfier guys, like, good for them. They accidentally figured it out, right? You couldn't use the Montgolfier balloon if it was wet out, and you would sometimes get sparks that would set fire to the paper balloon that was on it.
0: Oh, if it was made out of paper and they had to use fire, that's a shortcoming.
1: Yeah. And it also had a gallery around the base of the balloon instead of having a hanging basket underneath. And that also made it so the paper was way closer to the fire than it needed to be probably.
0: There's truly no recovery from that when you're in a paper balloon above the ground and then that thing catches on fire. Yeah. You're done.
1: After the Montgolfier guys came up with their balloon, a member of the French Academy did a similar demonstration of a balloon, only his used hydrogen. His balloon was made out of gas-tight rubberized silk.
0: Okay. Now we're getting somewhere.
1: Right. And so then there was two types of balloons. There was the Montgolfier and then there was the Charlier. The Charlier is obviously... Superior one. And then people in Europe started going bananas for balloons, and they started doing it all the time. Private owners would have balloons, and they would use coal gas to, to lift their balloons up, which to me sounds like a great way to blow yourself up in the sky.
0: What is coal gas? It's like... Uh, methane?
1: Hydrogen, methane, and carbon monoxide, obtained by the destructive distillation of coal.
0: So kind of like natural gas, but kind of way dirtier.
1: Mm-hmm. It's gross. And so people fill their balloons up with that, and then... Sit underneath and smoke a pipe and just cross our fingers, I
0: guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Up in the sky. Where I like to be when I'm potentially going to get blown up. People were crazy about them. And they, they were the thing. And people used them in the Civil War. They had a Union Army Balloon Corps. And they would fly balloons all over the place in the war.
0: Okay, so they were used for transport. Because I wasn't sure if this was the kind of balloon where you just got on it and it was like tied to the ground with a rope and it. You just went up and then you came back down.
1: I imagine they would use it for maybe for staking out where other troops were going and stuff like that. Like war stuff. Yeah. Troop formations. There was a military observer in the Union Army of the Potomac who flew in a balloon named Ferdinand von Zeppelin. You know what he invented?
0: The dirigible. The
1: Zeppelin. And so that was a steerable balloon or an airship. The first dirigible that they flew only had three horsepower.
0: Oh, it makes sense because the whole thing was lighter than air. And then they just kind of had to, they just kind of had to like blow it around a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Think about it.
0: So Garbage Brain University is sponsored by Harlem Township, Ohio, right here in central Ohio.
1: Can you believe it?
0: They're the township that's nearby. Have you been? Probably not.
1: I've been. I went to a party there once.
0: I saw a horse there. <laughs> Garbage Brain is also sponsored by Hazel Technologies.
1: Oh, they make those fruit things. So your fruit's so cool all the time. Is your cool, is your cool fruit lame from being rotten? If you would have put a Hazel Technology in it, it wouldn't be. It'd still be cool.
0: They will make your fruit fresh, make your enemies your friends, and make your friends your lovers. Hazel Technologies. <laughs> escalating your future. <laughs>
1: You love it. You love to see it.
0: You love the future, and if you haven't subscribed already, patreoncom garbagebrainuniversity. Instant access to over sixty paid episodes you've never heard, including our mini series Alien Timber. You'll also get access to our secret private Discord. We play games and chat with each right. other. Right.
1: You also get access to secret hugs and special. Kisses.
0: Yeah, hashtag hugs and special kisses. <laughs> we do have a topic suggestion channel. If you feel like you have no control over what we do, hop on in there. You can tell us to talk about it. So again, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you Love soon. Love you. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.